What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm Lisa A. Smith, the founder of the Black Health Academy, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Ms. Get Fit with Jay. We're back extending the life of the culture one episode at a time. Welcome back to the podcast. Listen, Jay, the sparkling movement is still <laughs> on full. Taking up traction active. out here. I'm talking about fully <laughs> active. The sparkling movement. Listen, shout out to Kyra who just randomly sent me a birthday card in the month of February when my birthday, just to be clear, is in October, just because it said, Happy birthday, you're sparkling. Okay. <laughs> So shout out to our listeners. We love you guys so much uh, for just always shouting out the podcast, sharing how much you love it. We glad we're so happy that we keep you guys laughing. Listen, go tell 10 people you know about the Black Health Academy and tell them to come get this health, right? Tell them to come get these chuckles and come get this health. So welcome back to the podcast. Jay, how's it been going? We just kicked off March. Mm-hmm. Did, did the January February go by fast to you? I'm talking about expeditiously. <laughs> Not expeditiously. Yes, it did. <laughs> Yes, it did. I want to blame it that, you know, February ends on 28th, but I'm like, no, because January was just out of here. You know, for me, I can't say this for you because you're not 40 yet, but they said once you, you know, like the roller coaster, you know how when you're on a roller coaster and it slowly, slowly goes tick, 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 tick. They say when you get 40. Is the is when the roller coaster is like going down. That's the speed of life. Whoa! Like every you know the years is like you know slower when you're just, you know thirty, twenty, whatever. But once you're forty, it's like speed. You look up one one minute is January, next minute is November. It just starts to, and that's how it truly feels. Wow. Like it is going by so fast. Once I turn forty, I don't know. But you're saying the same thing. So um, yeah, maybe it's thirty five. <laughs> once you turn thirty five, I don't know. Maybe it is because it just it's really going by really quickly. I don't know if it's a good thing, a great thing, whatever. But we're already in March. Uh, spring is starting to peak its little head around the corner here in Michigan. Uh, we had a couple nice days this last yes. weekend. Did you do anything on these nice days? Did you get out and get some sun? No, I just, I mean, I got out, ran some errands, but okay, nothing. Nothing intentionally no, in no, the no. wind. So, um, we went, me and Bay went to the Candlelight concert the other day. And uh, with sounds of Duke Ellington. And so, you know, it was at the Masonic Temple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was all candlelit. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scene, right? And I, as I expected the audience to be mostly Caucasian. Right. You yeah. know, um, which it was, you know. But there were definitely some of us. There was some melanin in the building. But it was mostly Caucasian. And um, so... The, they had a woman come out and, you know, say, hey, we're about to get this show started. They had a bar set up. The seats were all spaced in pairs, you know, six feet apart. It was just really, really nice. Masonic Temple, beautiful. And she came out, you know, Caucasian woman, we're about to get the show started. I'm about to bring out the musicians. You guys, you know, enjoy the show. The level of thrill and joy and happiness that went through my soul when I saw the musicians was all young black. Mm. Oh, Jay. Come through. Oh, my God. The drummer, the guy on the bass, the guy on the sax, the guy on the horn. Hold on, though. So let's just be clear. Duke Ellington, right, he was a pianist. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. So, of course, they playing music by Duke Ellington. Uh So, somebody got to be on the piano. Okay. This young black sister was the only female in the whole band, and she was, quote-unquote, Duke Ellington? 
I said, Why get chills, Jack. I said, is that a baby girl on the piano? Oh, nice. The vibes. The, That's a whole entire vibe. Jay, it gave me so much joy. I said, y'all better kill it out here. I was just so proud, right? So all black bands um, playing Duke Ellington, young kids at the Masonic Temple. They was phenomenal. Everybody did a solo. It was a great, great show. Um, so pretty amazing experience. If you guys see, I'm pretty sure they're doing multiple cities in the U.S. So wherever you are, look up, you know, candlelight concerts or whatever near you. Definitely if you're in the Detroit area, they have several more coming up. I don't know if it's the same band at every show because they're, you know, always highlighting a different artist. But that was dope. So very, very happy. Very, very good time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we... Oh, we're about to do our way what? Because that brought up a way what that I didn't even realize was a way what. Okay, go me. for it. Because y'all know you got about 10 of them today. I, today, I'm coming through with the way what. Let's go for the first one. So, way what is our segment where we identify something we saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, wait what? what? So, you just made me realize. So, I went to Burt's. You know, you told me you went to the comedy show at Burt's. Yeah. Comedy show was sold out or whatever. But I went and to a uh, show as a pianist. And they were white, um, but there was this dishwasher, um, bus boy. When I say bus boy, I mean bus grown man. Like, he probably was a good 65 or okay. whatever, right? Okay. So, as they're playing the piano, <clears throat> he's behind the bar getting the glasses everything. He just breaks out singing. Mm. Singing like he should have been on someone's Broadway show, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can tell there's something he probably just does. He loves to do it. And so he sings through the whole entire song. And um, so as a song, I was like, why are you not on the stage or whatever? He says, oh, they can't pay me enough. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, wait, what? Like, no offense, homeboy, but you're not the owner here. You're... Why, you're the one that's washing the glasses. Not to mention, I don't care if they weren't paying you at all. This is something you love to do. Yeah. So you would rather stand over here, not in the spotlight that you want to be in so bad talking about them. That was just an excuse. I know. Yeah. You want to be on that stage. But that was what he told me. Oh, they, they can't pay me and they don't pay enough. <laughs> really. But the pay to bust these tables must be just right. Yeah, yeah. The pay scale is on point. I was like... Okay, wasn't wasn't expecting that answer. <laughs> I ain't gonna have a little ego with you, right? Rarely am I left speechless, but this is one of those times where it's like, Dang. if I told you how I really feel, you gonna be ushering me out the door. The bus boy said they can't afford me, sis. Period. <laughs> and that's on period. You gotta know your worth, baby. That's yeah. the first rule of business, honey. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well. <laughs> make it make sense all right you you gotta wait what nope my second wait what so it was this meme going around uh and it was like <laughs> i spent my whole childhood afraid of something that never never is even a thought in my head as an adult and then it showed a picture of quicksand right uh-huh. <laughs> like as kids when we watch time and jerry and all that stuff somebody was always always going into quicksand so they like man i spent my childhood actually being afraid of quicksand turns out being an adult is way more (laughs) scary (laughs) and so you know i'm like yeah that is so very true quicksand quicksand was really like a scary thought yeah 
So the other day they were doing um work. So there was a, a drain, uh, whatever, pipes or whatever, and they dug up. You know the part, there's grass. So there's a part to the, the main part, I call it the main part, that's the big part, and then the part that's in between the street and the sidewalk, that little strip, yes. right? Yeah. They dug all of that up to fix the water main break or whatever. Okay. So I, you know, I, as I was running my errands, I, it's just pure dirt. I'm walking across the dirt. <laughs> Tell me why, sis. <laughs> you started sinking. I sunk all the way up into my knee. Jay, you lying. One leg, though. You lying. One leg. You, you're <laughs> to lying. To my knee. <laughs> the level of fear. The level of panic. The level of distress. <laughs> One I leg sunk down to, to your... my knee not your kneecap remember when you came in and you saw all that dirt out in the hallway yes. and all that that was me <laughs> <laughs> what how did you get out one le- i had to push my hand on the grass or, or on the dirt in front of me and pull myself up out of it and my boot was still stuck in there you pulled your foot out without the shoe it came off. And I'm not talking about a little boot. I'm talking about my boot was up to my knee. So it snatched my boot up off my <gasps> leg. <laughs> Do you hear me? When I tell you, I I was shaking for like an hour after. I came in to the kids. I'm like, I almost died. Like I literally outside that window was almost a goner out here. Did you have stuff in your hands and stuff? I had stuff in my hands. Of course, it wasn't in my hand no more. Right, right, right. I'm saying, I'm just imagining what the scene looked like. You got stuff sprawled all around you. Yeah. One foot is literally knee deep in the ground. Yes. Shoe done came off. Boot still in the mud. <laughs> or in the dirt, whatever you call it. Because it wasn't mud because I wouldn't have walked over. It was just like soft dirt. Soft. Oh, so moist. it was no indicator that it was... Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was going to be firm. Oh, so even look firm. So it didn't even look like mud that you could just walk through. It actually looked like firm soil. I thought it was firm soil. And it said, sucked you right on up. Sucked me right on in. That sounds so. How long did it take you to wiggle out? Oh, immediately. I immediately pulled up. It, it didn't like try to hold on to me, but it kept held my boot on. And then the split second. And it was so funny because I'm like, it's so crazy how many split seconds decisions you make and don't even realize. I'm like, do I grab the boot? I turned around and grabbed the boot. Boot came out, and I was stunned. Do you hear me? Wow. Yeah. So that's what that's what you saw. That is so scary. Oh, I was, and you know how you know how me and my trauma is. I'm oh now I got a new fear. Like <laughs> you literally can get just sucked up into the ground. Yeah, no doubt. That's real talk. You truly can. I actually, it's so funny. I literally, there's a show that I watch that I like sometimes called uh, 911 with Angela Bassett. And um, it's about 911 operators getting called to the scene of 911 situations, right? They actually got called to a scene because these three teen- teenagers, like out in the desert or whatever, and my man walked into quicksand and he was all the way down up to his neck in the quicksand. And I'm like, so he's like professing his love and all his secrets to his friends because he's like, I'm a goner. So you need to know I'm in love with you. I never told you. I know that's your girl, but my bad. Like, just confessing. But I was just watching. I'm like. See that? Nope. They got him out the quicksand. So then he felt dumb. Now he, he really like, in quicksand. Yeah, right, right. Oh. Like, no, no mad, my bad. Yeah, you bad, but you ain't bad. You know bad, how you bad. get delirious when you're in quicksand. Everybody right. know that. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. 
but literally just watched the episode about somebody getting sucked in a quicksand and I was just like that seems so scary that no matter what you do it's pulling you in and the more you do it pulls you in yes the more you it's kind of like drowning I imagine like you fight against the water or whatever yeah that's a very real life I screamed it wasn't nobody outside that saw you or ran to you no and it wasn't nobody outside nobody outside. somebody was looking out the window I can guarantee you that oh yeah yeah, and once I got out, I said, "I've been feeling bears." Like, oh yeah, you, uh, as you were. <laughs> oh no, you on world just, star right now. Oh, you are definitely just a on little sinkage. You are on no worry world star right now. I can guarantee you, it's, it's probably at about a solid seven hundred views. So you on your way up to trending, baby. You on your way up to trending. Yeah, and you know you're gonna be a meme. Oh, I deserve. Somebody has deserved. Okay, let's think of memes for your uh, sinking self. <laughs> This is how I barely if made you don't, it out of 2020. <laughs> if you don't fall for me this hard, I don't want you. <laughs> this is what it looked like when you fight against your purpose. Just let right. go and get me. Right. <laughs> this is what it looked like trying to get out of debt. <laughs> this is me trying to hold. This is my immune system trying to fight Corona. <laughs> Oh, man. You definitely a meme, sis. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no way in the heck ain't nobody got that on camera. Uh-uh. You lost uh, a boot, too? Lost a whole boot. Like, nah, sis, give me that. You want to get up? <laughs> run that boot. Right. Yeah. Me oh. trying to decide what to sacrifice for my dream. This is it. A boot, sis. So, you got your boot out. Right? I got my boot out. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, that was that one. <laughs> It's up to 700 views. <laughs> oh, you, you, you trending. You don't even know yet. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, okay. So my third, uh, wait, what? <laughs> that was super nasty. This was super serious. So I'm talking to a friend of mine on the phone. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, of course, we're talking about health and da-da-da-da, right? And I was just telling him how important it is to, we're not talking about his health or my health, which generally speaking. Okay, okay. And I was saying how important it is to have habits before you have a diagnosis or to avoid a diagnosis because it's that much harder because everyone thinks, oh, if I had that, I'll do this. Or if I had, I'm like, that's the worst time to try to adopt a new behavior because now you have the stress. Now I was like... I can't imagine if I walked into the doctor one way, which is chronic Ill- illness-free, disease-free, and now I'm leaving out with a script and directions and appointments, follow-up appointments to come back. How much would that weigh on my spirit and how much would that weigh on, on my time and whatever? He was like, yeah, I know because I have high blood pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, what's going on with that? Like, what, um, you know, what are you planning on doing? What's the... He was like, oh, you know, I have high blood pressure. I'm on high blood pre- pressure medication. And um, I know that I'll never be off of the high blood pressure medication, right? Mm. And I was like, what? I was like, you won't be off the... I was like, okay, why do you feel like you will never be off high blood pressure medication? He was like, um, because my doctor told me I would never be off of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, wait, what? I said, run that back. Mm-hmm. Run that back to me. Mm-hmm. You said I was like, you know, we not we about to park here for a minute. Mm-hmm. You said your doctor. He said, yeah. He 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 told me like plain and clear, I'll never be off medication because of my age, which is fifty one. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
because of my family history of, you know, genetic, it, it genetically runs through my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just a couple of other things that, you know, I'm sure he's thinking black. And I was like, what the biggest weight, what for me is, we always speak of this, like doctors not having a background in nutrition, doctors not, they, you know, want to keep you on prescription medication because that affects their bottom line. But I start thinking if he said this to you and it only came out to me because I'm a person that's in nutrition and how many other bodies mm-hmm. he got, mm-hmm. right? You know, like a serial killer, mm-hmm. once they find the dead body, they realize they got a serial How many other bodies you got? Mm-hmm. I start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Like, it ain't just you. Mm-hmm. It's other people coming to his office that yep. he is taking their power, stripping their power away from them, stripping their hope away from them, stripping, like, he's just literally like, give me that. Mm. Give me, run that. Mm. Run any type of just any type of uh what's the word any type of intentional behavior intentional practices that you could be doing to reverse it or at least i was like he hasn't even told you how to even kind of wean off the medicine lower your dosage Mm -mm. he said no he just told me flat out i'll be on this medication the rest of my life and what also got me was this is a doctor that you've been seeing for a long time so you have entrusted Mm -hmm. this uh, physician with, you know, we have rapport. Mm-hmm. He won't tell me nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. I said, but, but only that he would. And I, I believe we said this once before in the podcast. Why do people feel as if you can march in the street, Black Lives Matter, you know, the we, it, racial profiling with the police, Um, you know, they won't promote me because I'm black. Mm-hmm. They won't, they're not teaching our te- our students, whatever, because they're black. And they, But somehow, some way, when it comes to, when you step into a physician's office, you really think that they follow that oath mm-hmm. to the letter and give you the same treatment that they give everybody else. You think racism stops at the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. You really feel like there's no type of, um, you know, stereotypical behavior that's being practiced. You really feel as if they have your family's interest and your best interest in mind. Like they have the same thing mm-hmm. and paired with the fact that they have not been taught these things themselves. Mm-hmm. So that was my way. Well, like he literally, it's one thing to never teach you how to get off of medication. I'm used to that. I'm used to them never teaching you how to get off medication. But what I wasn't, what I wasn't, prepared for mm-hmm. was them literally looking at you and telling you and and you know disarming you you will never yeah get off this medication mm-hmm. i said that's powerful yeah it is and i think it's pretty common too really really common really yeah yeah i've but the way they frame it is not necessarily you will never get off this medication they frame it in your dna is your destiny mm-hmm. right and so they frame it in such a way that says this is in your genetic code. Mm. This is your genetic makeup. Your DNA has dictated what, how healthy you can ever be. Dang. Right. So it's framed in that way. And from that conversation, most uh, of our people walk away in my DNA. Something that I can't change automatically means a life sentence on this medication or with this condition. And that's, and that's the, the, the mm. hugest, that, that's just so huge to me. Because just like when I get so upset when someone just senselessly kills someone, because you didn't just take their life, 
you took their parents' life, you took their kids' life, Absolutely. their best friends' life, their Absolutely. college friends. Like you, when you take one life, you take many you lives. You destroy many more. Absolutely. And by taking someone's health, you're destroying generations to come. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. How do you just disempower someone like that? Yeah. How do you how do you how do you get your fulfillment as a as a physician? How do you go home and feel good about your practice? When all you are doing is writing prescription and telling people and limiting, giving them limited belief system and, and telling them that they have no power. They have no, uh, you know, legs to stand on in this fight mm-hmm. against reversal. Or mm-hmm. or if you're, not, if you're not even talking about reversing, are you even talking about prevention? Because I can't believe that a doctor will talk about prevention if he won't talk about trying to reverse the illness. Yeah. No, I agree with you. But I think just to play devil's advocate for a minute, I think it is a matter of we live in a society that really believes in institutions and we really believe in structures. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I mean by that is him as the patient, you know, his 51 year old black self goes into this institution that is Western medicine you know, and he has been bred and taught by society that in this institution, this white coat is the authority on this, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Now, the white coat also believed in an institution mm-hmm. that told him mm-hmm. that the, your genetic makeup determines your health. And so he was taught in four years in medical school and then the X number of years, you know, um, working in the field and to become a physician that this is how anatomy and biology and physiology works. This is the human body and this is what dictates the health. So he's believed in an institution. He's also been taught by an institution that is, you know, our modern education system that, um, that has all type of biases built into the education system that certain demographics of people are more likely to be impacted by these conditions. And it's for these reasons, mm-hmm. right? And so everybody believe in an institution, right? Right. So it takes, and these people exist, right? It, there's doctors like this that exist. There's people like us that exist, but it takes a certain mindset. It takes a certain it takes a certain person that's willing to question the institution of things. You really got to stop and think, Jay. Like, who do we think we are? Recording a podcast, starting companies, starting businesses that literally is saying we don't believe what the whole institution and structure has been telling us and taught us. At all. But I'm saying that is a certain, it takes a certain person, a certain level of boldness to not just carry the torch of the institution. Right. Because when I got my um, certification in nutrition from NASM, I was like, "Mm, I agree with some stuff, but I don't agree with everything. Now, what does it take? What qualities in you cause you to question some of what you're being taught by this institution that's positioned themselves as an authority on this topic? For me, it's because if you, it, it's kind of plain to me that before there were you, there were there were medicinal um, properties. Well, it has to be before that though. Before I even got to that, let's see. Uh, I, you know what? I think 
what the trigger was for me mm-hmm. was talking to that Kenyan when he said, I, I can't help you on that because we don't, we from where I'm from, we don't really get cancer like that. Mm-hmm. That was the turning, that was what, it, what really kind of, that one thought, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so it's something we're doing here. Mm-hmm. It's something we're doing here that y'all not doing there. Yep. And when I asked him about that banana he had and where to get it from, and he said, <laughs> you ain't about to find this banana at no store because I don't trust y'all um, y'all produce. I have a plot where I pay and I grow my own food mm-hmm. because his banana wasn't bright yellow. Mm-hmm. His banana was yellow, but it had a different shade of yellow. I'm like, where you get that from? And he was like, oh, no, nah. mm-hmm. y'all food is kind of... Whatever. And I started really thinking. So I think it was that seed that was planted that Absolutely. made me start questioning. What are we doing here? Absolutely. So here's the thing. I'm telling you exactly what you just said, which it was perfect. The thing that got you, made you bold enough to question the National Academy of Sports Medicine, where you got certified in nutritionist, was, is your exposure and your experience, right? It's your exposure. And just like for your friend that you were talking to now he's been exposed to you yep so the only thing that typically um allows somebody to push back against the status quo and these big overarching institutions that majority of society has deemed the authority on this is exposure and experience. You're right, because another thing that got me into it was all it was almost like a collaboration. Yeah. All at once. Yeah. Because uh even though my mother's cancer was terminal, but because she heavily believed she didn't know that. Um, so she was trying to do the natural way with the Gerson Gerson or Gerson diet. And I did the Gerson diet for her sake, even though I knew that it didn't affect this particular form of cancer, but it helped many others. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, there is a diet and the diet is not complicated. Mm-hmm. That's really, re- you know, stopping cancer cells from growing, really putting people in remission. Mm-hmm. And I started really looking at that because why may not, why this form of cancer may aggress- be aggressive, but there's testimonies. I mean, thousands of testimonies. For this, there's uh, Gerson uh, chefs out here mm-hmm. who literally only cook for can- cancer patients, mm-hmm. only blend these type of smoothies only for these cancer patients, and they have uh, testimonies mm-hmm. about it. So then that started to be like, oh, wait a minute. Like, your diet really, really, really does impact mm-hmm. your health. Absolutely. Let me, let me really look into this. Absolutely. Yeah, so like you said, it was exposure. It's it that was exposure, exposure and exposure and more exposure. Absolutely. And that's why, so that's why in Farm to Table we teach the way you create a new neural pathway in your brain, the way you create a new habit is with exposure and experiences. You have to position yourself to hear something differently, to hear the alternate argument. I remember I was, uh, just this week when I had my session with Jared, um, business coaching with him, he said, Lisa, I don't even know if you remember this. And I know you're going to remember, Jay. But he said, I don't even know what you if you remember this. He was like, but when you told me, he was like, this impacted me so much. He's like, when you told me you had made a post on Facebook about plant-based diet, some about it, and somebody commented basically disagreeing with you, and you said you went back and forth with her, and 
and actually reached out to her offline and asked her because she says that meat is healthy and that we should be eating yeah, meat and dairy, mm-hmm. right? Um, he said, when you told me that you could tell that she wasn't just trying to troll, that she really, really believed that, no, we are supposed to eat meat, we're supposed to eat dairy. She, she, he said, and you said you could tell that she was real red and she had study and science that she you know, felt like she learned from. And you reached out to her and asked her to sit down with her and actually learn what you, he was like, that's when I knew. He was like, that was so impactful for me. I said, yeah, because the key to being a good coach in anything that you do is not to just keep, not to live in an echo chamber where everybody you listen to, every book you read agrees with what you're already saying and you just get in 10 more ways to say what you already say. Mm -hmm. I said, no. A good coach, somebody who's really out here who's trying to shepherd the people in the right direction, your your responsibility is actually to sit side by side and that you know break bread with the opposing argument. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why I picked up Sean Stevenson's book. He ain't vegan. He ain't plant based. He don't believe in it. I don't even think he thinks saturated fat has anything to do with heart disease. I'm yeah. like, let me read this. Yeah, yeah, that's true because I've been learning a lot about cholesterol because there's a lot of nutritionists out here who are saying there's no such thing as good cholesterol, bad cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you're right. And I'm like, okay, let's listen to this. So, But the key is you have to be a willing participant in your exposure and experience. Like, you questioning my man's banana, somebody else might have just looked at it and kept going. Mm-hmm. But so having a huge part of your brain that's always a question mark, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, is so important because... He, your friend, like not even challenging the doctor who told him he was going to be on medication for the rest of his life. Like, that's how most people live their life. Mm -hmm. They're like, the financial advisor told me this or Mm -hmm. the job told me that this is what we pay for this role. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or, you know, my parents told me this, like, the judge told me this, Mm -hmm. the police officer told me this, like, when we, when these people are backed by these big, you know, million year old institutions and ideologies and theories, like, most of us don't have the confidence or it doesn't even occur to us to challenge it in any type of way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's that challenge, it's that challenge and it's that boldness in, in a few of us that really shakes the tree and causes stuff to change. You know what I mean? You know what? That's very true. And it's also about knowing when... It's a a whole big thing because it's also knowing when to close your mouth and listen. Mm -hmm. You know, not wanting to be right all the time. Mm -hmm. Not challenging for the sake of challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, Caring about certain things that we've been programmed to not care about. Like just recently, um, someone said, you know, how do I program myself to stop listening, like stop caring about what people think of me, right? And it's like, why do you have to stop caring about what people think of you? We've been programmed to think if you care about what people think of you, Mm -hmm. then you're wrong. You should care about what people think of you. It's about the impact that it has on your decision making or or if it's giving you stress or is it, you know, good, useful information. Like what impact and everybody, you just got it. And just separating yourself from good information too. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? What's good information? What's not good information? That's tough though. That's hard, Jay. That's really, really hard. That 
Think about how much information you're literally exposed to every single day, willingly and unwillingly. But you got to experience, you have to pay attention to the, the energy of the source of the information too. Okay. Yeah. Just like, um, when we first start being plant-based, how people, you can't, you know, you, you can eat, um, it's Thanksgiving. You can eat mac and cheese. It's just one day. You knew from that energy that they didn't have your intention, good intentions. Mm-hmm. So there was no, I can discard this information you're mm-hmm. giving me because mm-hmm. you're not trying to give me something to help me out. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to give me information. Like, you know, you can, you, you like recognizing people's intentions too, yeah. when they tell you something will help eliminate a lot of of useless information, a lot of debates. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when I gave up debating with people? Mm -hmm. When I realized it wasn't like that lady, like you said, came from, she's knowledgeable, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just your information or her information. It's just in two lanes. Yeah. I stopped debating with people who wanted to debate for, because that can clog up your brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think not only is it the lack of information, it's also misinformation and, and ill intention mm-hmm. to disrupt what you have going on. Because if I don't disrupt you, then you elevating in your health and in your mindset disrupts me. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to make me start thinking about what I'm not doing for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that happens too. So if we're telling you don't take supplements, right? You you gotten that information. You've been exposed to that information, but then you have someone over here who all they take is supplements because they don't eat um, plants. They don't eat, you know, they don't get their vitamin C from the natural source. So if you got them over there, like you could just take supplements, girl. It ain't that serious. So you really have to watch the misinformation you get too. Mm-hmm. If, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember that reminds me. You're right about that intention because so remember that day me and you drove out to the park or whatever. I think it was in Farmington Hills. We'd be sitting in the car about to do a walk or something. Whatever we'd be doing in nature, Lord help us. <laughs> and um, But I was telling you a story about the guy. I don't know if I ever told this on a podcast, but um, this guy called me one day out of the blue for a consultation. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, so he's asking me, like, I got this issue, I got this issue, some inflammation, arthritis. You know, I was wondering if you can help me out. And I'm like, absolutely. So I'm kind of just doing a little mini consultation with him on over the phone. And I was like, how did you hear about me? And he said, um, at the court. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. So I'm just going to tell a story for the podcast. So um, he was like, at the court. I said, at the court? What's my name doing circulating at the courthouse? <laughs> Down at the 36th district. <laughs> the hell? So he said... I'm in a hallway waiting to go, waiting to get my case to get called. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just rapping with the um, bailiff mm-hmm. in the courtroom or whatever. He's like, man, him just kicking in and we just kicking about our different health issues. So he said, I'm telling the guy about my arthritis. I'm telling the bailiff about my arthritis. And the bailiff was like, oh, you need to talk to my sister because my sister is all into health and she could probably help you out. And the guy asked the bailiff, okay, well, you know, what's your sister number? Where your sister at? And he was like, oh, she right over there. She work here in the court too, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so he was like, oh, bet. So he said, I went inside the courtroom, found her, and um, I got to tell her what was going on with me. He was like, and she said, you need to reach out to this lady <laughs> named Lisa at the Black Health Academy, right? And I 
was like, wow, right? He was like, she said she, she do these free classes every month. And she said, you know, I don't, I, I don't learn most of my stuff from her. And, you know, so you should reach out to her. And he was like, she gave me the website, the Black Health Academy. I was like, wow. He was like, but then what she really said that really sealed it was like, and she for us too, she for our people. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, mm-hmm. of course I said with my words, but like you just said, to know that our audience knows our intention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To know that our audience is like, no, you have our best interests. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is so that is so true that it is so important to know that the people that you decide to make authorities in your life, because we all need to do it. We all need to partner with people who know a little more than us to help us get to that next step, mm-hmm. that next level. But knowing their intention knowing that their background, knowing, you know, where they're coming from, what are they getting out of the deal? What are they sacrificing? What have they sacrificed to position themselves to be able to teach you? Like, it's all so important. And that filled up my heart so much that she just put that little cherry on top. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, by the way, she know her health stuff, but she is for us, by us. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, okay. Like, that did it for me. That was like the receipt of the year. (laughs) Right. Validated. Validated. You shut the whole company down. I came for what I needed. And I can leave it all here on the table. Right. That was so, that is so very true because it can be so tough. We, I think with um, the internet and social media and all that stuff, we're, I think everybody is like a thousand times more impressionable. Mm-hmm. So we're so much more impressionable. Even, you know, our independent thinkers, our thought leaders, you know, in our respective industries, we are so impressionable and it can be so difficult to stay on the path you decided to be on because watching different things, hearing different things and, and things you listen to intentionally, like you will go to YouTube and intentionally watch a video, intentionally listen to a certain podcast and feel like I should be integrating that. I should be trying that. Or maybe a supplement every now and then won't hurt. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Maybe I really do need this yogurt for my calcium or my probiotics. Like, it's just so easy Mm -hmm. because there is so much information always available. So, yeah, you're right. Your intention and then really just choosing your experts and being loyal to them until you've outgrown what they can do for you Mm -hmm. and going to the next level. And by that time, you have enough knowledge to start making some more informed decisions. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is probably down the road. I might be, you know, jumping ahead of myself right here, but, um, just about the lifestyle piece. Um, I was recently talking to someone and they were trying to tell me that how bad it is for black women, Mm -hmm. um, when, when it comes to black men, like they were trying to tell me like 3.6 million black, black women were single. Mm -hmm. They couldn't find a man that black women are angry, Mm -hmm. um, that, just a whole bunch of stuff. And I was going back and forth, back and forth with them. And in the morning, um, I, I, you know, I got up, I was meditating. I was like, why do I feel bad inside? Like, why do I feel this pull? Why don't I feel like the way I normally feel in the morning? And I was like, rewound the, the conversation to the previous night. And I was like, you're going to tell this person that you don't want to talk about this anymore. And But before I could even send them a message, they messaged me a, a YouTube video to <laughs> validate what they were saying and prove mm-hmm. it. It was um, a, like a news clip about 3.6 black women um, being able to find love and being able to find um, marriage and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was funny. Um that I was just thinking about you and 
I was like, I don't want to have those conversations anymore. I was like, um, no matter how much back and forth I do with you, I said, with me being a coach for so long and being into self-development for so long, I said, I know that what you've been saying to me is landing in my subconscious. And I don't know how that would present itself or when it would present itself. Mm -hmm. And to take it even a step further, I said, I'm around people who only, only, you know, support the, the side of me that wants to think positive, that wants to grow, that wants to think. I was like, nobody around me is constantly trying. I was like, imagine if you were a person who were disabled, say that, Mm -hmm. and you were looking to play a certain role or fill out application at a company and you had someone telling you like, you know, people more than likely, look at how many people were disabled that, you know what I mean? I was like, how does that help that person? How does that make them? I was like, you're not trying to add value Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. in this way. And if you don't have anything more positive to say in that, in regards to that, Mm -hmm. I was like, we'll just talk about something altogether different. Mm -hmm. And I was like proud of myself because I was like, not only did I recognize where the feeling stemmed from, Mm -hmm. but I addressed it immediately, Mm -hmm. like immediately. And I told him later, like I am, I'm, I'm heavy into self-development. I don't play around when it comes to my environment. I don't Mm -hmm. play around when it comes to the, the stories people tell me because the stories people tell you will become the story you begin to believe and tell yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't care how strong you are. Mm -hmm. I don't care how strong you are. Mm -hmm. People, just like how we always say you, the genetics are in your, yeah, you have the genetic predisposition, but your lifestyle expresses it. Yes. So you can be strong and da da da. But if you have something resting in your subconscious and you start having too many people in your ear yep. or in your life, that eventually can express itself. Absolutely. And I don't play games with that. Yep. So I got them together. <laughs> I got them together and never again. But I was like, I don't, I have a very positive circle around me. Mm-hmm. I was like, my circle is, I, and I was like, I'm proud of that too. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really. That takes work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We really build each other up. We, we I mean, like we really, we're here for a good time, you know, business, you know, health, all the everything that we do together as a family, because I feel like we're family at this point. You know, mm-hmm. my sisters, you, your sister, your mom, I mean, Tiff, all of us, like we're family at this point. And nobody tries to tell anybody what was not available to them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what, yeah. What led me into that? Um, oh, just knowing the type of environment, you know, when you start building your environment, be knowing how different things, like if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel empowered, ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Like if you feel the morning or it, 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 I'm saying the morning, but at any point in the day mm-hmm. where you feel like I can't do this, I, you know, I can't, I don't, I'm, I can't drink all this water or I can't, I can't reverse this illness or I can't. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself what in your life is enforcing that belief. Mm, mm, mm. Ask yourself that. That's a great homework assignment. Trace it back to its origin. Yeah. We all need to learn how to trace because that's emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just having the feeling, having the emotion and trying to get through it. Tracing it back to its origin is so important. 
you know, when your energy is off with somebody, when your energy is off with a task that you're doing, when you don't feel connected and in, in, in alignment with something that you're doing, then you need to trace it back to why, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Why is this not doing it for me anymore? So anytime there's a disconnect, you know, I think it's just so important to be connected in real time with everything that you're doing and everything that you believe, right? Because you're right, like, you can be predisposed for something and you can have a belief that this predisposition is really is the reason that my health I'm never going to be optimally where I can be right because the manifestation of your subconscious 100% that's it it's the manifestation 100%. of your subconscious and the law of attracting attraction we have to believe yes that i mean because you start doing things and i'll give a, a, an example of that is when i was really um struggling financially i literally made a firm decision this is my last day worrying about my finances i literally made that mm. decision Ever since then, I mean, money been coming in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this weekend, I'm talking about, and it can show up just like that. Just this weekend, I took a virtual yoga class just, you know, to support my cousin who's out there. And it was just a donation of $5. And um, I went to the yoga class, mm-hmm. donated $10. Mm-hmm. Three hours later, three hours later, mm-hmm. Uh, my friend was like, I did a scratch off, $120. I'm cash app and you have. Got the $10 right back. Mm. We have to let go of certain things. Mm-hmm. I made a decision like I'm going to start giving more. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's $5 more than they asked for or if I'm giving $100 mm-hmm. to a, a charity. It, it just It's opening up that mindset. You Absolutely. know what I mean? We have to let it go. Absolutely. I have to start letting go of money to, be, to live in abundance because when your fist is closed, it's open. It's not open to receive anything. That's right. So, you know, what what area is your fist closed? What what area is your hand closed into a fist? Yeah. And let go of that those beliefs. Let go of those people who don't um like somebody someone someone said, clear your landing strip. Mm-hmm. How how can how can something fly in? How could the good habits fly in? How could the elevate elevated mindset fly in if you got so many things on your landing strip? Mm-hmm. You have to clear some space out, you know, start clearing out the time you watch um tv and make some time to maybe go to a nutrition course yeah um clear out some of the people who are just sucking you dry to make space for people who will help uh, build you up absolutely so yeah clear your landing strip and open your hand to let some things go so you can receive some things absolutely and and i think that's one of the best lessons i learned you know like when you're obedient and when you're in alignment and when you're when you've positioned yourself to receive help, meaning you're doing what you're supposed to do, and so you know that there's a higher power that's going to provide the next step. One of the things about obedience is how easy it becomes. Oh my, it's crazy easy now. Easy, Cr- crazy. E- like Light I lo- love giving away money now. <laughs> like you know what I mean? I mean, just for example, when you that was one of the, my lessons. Like I was putting into practice when you text me like a baby. I want some skates. <laughs> Now, I know you can afford skates a million times over, but I immediately got online and bought you some skates. Yeah. Immediately, because I was in the season of letting my money go easily, Mm. and it it has worked out so much in my favor. Oh, my God. Jay, that's one of the best lessons somebody could ever learn, that how much you receive is 
directly correlated to how much you give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Giving is oh, so important. It's insane. It's so important. And it's just like, it just, and it was almost like I, God was trying to validate my belief. You know how sometimes you do things like almost like exercising and you want to yeah. see the results immediately. Yeah. Sometimes if you do things, <laughs> you will get, like we said, the universe will show up for you quick. Yeah. And that's what it did with finances for me. Yeah. I, I, I have not worried about money another day. And I and I have money coming in for, from so many different directions now. Um, but are we going to do the... Yeah, yeah. I, I got one money story for before we do that, though. Because <laughs> you, what you just said made me think of uh, like people just wanting instant results, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know... Um, me and Bay, we adopted a family over the holidays, right? Uh-huh. And so I, you know, talked to the family. It was a grandma and her granddaughter that I adopted. And, um, you know, I talked to them on the phone. And, you know, I just wanted to get to know them better, get to know what they really needed or whatever, right? She like, I need a couch. We need, She need clothes. We need some groceries. And I'm just like, Lord, what a start. And, you know, the website that I went through to... Um, adopt a family didn't really give you parameters like mm-hmm. try and do at least this much or give this much or mm-hmm. whatever so and then it's, it's COVID right so I'm like you know how does all this work so I ended up I ended up spending you know over $500 you know adopting this family so I went out got them all this stuff or whatever and you know so on like a couple of days before Christmas you know me and Bay went and um you know, dropped their stuff off. I took it to the house or whatever. He carrying in this microwave, you know, we just, I'm like, Merry Christmas or whatever. Right. And so then like literally the two days later or something, I had to teach a class for, for the Black Health Academy and I'm talking about farm to table and like right away, you know, I had like two people, I think, sign up for farm to table and like pay in full. Right? I got everything back that I gave to the family for Christmas. Right. And because I was trying to teach him that, because when I taught when I when I adopted the family, or whatever, I was like, "What all do you think I should get?" Because I was like, "Here's the things they say they need. I don't know what's priority, blah blah blah." And so I told him like, "You know, I spent over five hundred dollars or whatever," and he was shocked by that. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like, "You spent how much?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Like over five hundred dollars." Because we was going, I was like, "Take me to the furniture <laughs> store." She said she need a couch. I'm gonna get her a <laughs> gift card. He like, "What is going on?" right mm-hmm. i'm like we gotta go to walmart so i can get the microwave i said we gotta go here so i can get them a gift card for a couch we gotta go here blah 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 he and then when i told him how much he's like you spent how much i was like over 500 and he's like what and i was like well you know people need help it's covid you know like whatever i was like and i usually volunteer around this time i tried to look online for someone to volunteer but everything was blocked off and closed off i was like so the least i can do is just put some food on a family's table and i was like but don't worry about it because it's all gonna come back to me mm-hmm he like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't know That's where or from whatever, but I'm going to get all the money. But I'm like, I ain't worried about the money or whatever. He like, okay. So when I told him that at the, at the end when we were done with all the shopping, I told him how much I ended up spending. You know, he put $100 out of his wallet, maybe a little more than that. He was like, put that towards it too mm-hmm. or whatever. Right? I was like, really? I got so excited. I was like, okay, I can go get some more gift cards, get the teenager girl some to buy some clothes or whatever. He was like, let's do it. You know, it was just, you know how, you know, you just feed off somebody else's giving, right? Mm-hmm. He like, so he gave me some money towards it. I was like, all right, bet. So a couple of days later, I had to teach this class for the Black Health Academy. 
I was talking about farm to table. I'm like, we only got a few seats left, y'all. This, you know, winter semester about to be lit. It's about to be so fire. And we had like two or three people sign up, you know, after I talked to his class. And I went back to him. I was like, guess what just happened? He like, what? And I told him, he like, wow. I'm I was like, I promise you, right? So, Jay, well, a couple of days later, we out, you know, running there and hanging out. We took, we go to the car wash so he can get his truck <laughs> washed, right? And so I had been on him, like, especially in COVID, I was like, hey, people are out here risking their lives working with, like, you know, frontline people, contact to contact. You you better be out here tipping. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just show people your appreciation during this time. You know, they still trying to feed their family, but, you know, I got the luxury of working from home. You got the luxury of just, you know, being on your own when you work. I'm like, we need to show some love. So we at the car wash, black-owned car wash, you know, and, uh, you know, so we come out the car wash. There's some black guys cleaning off his truck or whatever. <laughs> he pulled a 20 out of his pocket. He like, this better work. Playing <laughs> <laughs> with me. His eyes got beady. He, uh, he shot me like the death stare. Like, I'm about to tip him this 20, but I show no, I better see my 20. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, it don't work like that. You can't give it, demanding to get it in return. Jay, I fell out my seat left. I said, get that black man that 20. He done, he done spit shine this car. Get him that whole 20. Child. I was, I was so dead. And then something happened a couple days later. I think I made some more money or something. He was like, well, where my 20? I said, you know what? You waiting on it. That's the problem. That's the whole problem. I said, I said, don't worry about it, babe. Take a few iterations for the lesson to really hit. <laughs> Man, I swear, <laughs> when I started giving, like trying to create, because that was always a thing for me. I give something, I get something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's the problem. I pay for something, I get something for that's why I don't gamble. Yeah. That's why I don't I don't understand gambling. Like, oh yeah. I, I don't know. I can't it's way too risky. I need to know what I'm getting for my money. Too risky. Guarantee. Absolutely. <laughs> and so and so I had to literally be intentional and be like do actionary steps yes. to create that detachment from I give, I receive. Yeah. And it, it has worked so well. And what's so crazy is you're right, you do. You just want something in real time at the exact same time. But you do give and receive. That yeah. is still the formula. Yeah. it's But just not hand in hand I want tangible proof of <laughs> like I spent $15, yeah. I spent $100, this is what I got for it. Absolutely. And I realize that is something I've always said, even when it comes to my own personal life. Like, I hate paying my utility bills. I hate paying them because I can't. It's like, it's not up and down. Like, okay, you pay, you're driving a car. Okay, that's a car note. You, I have no problem paying my rent. I'm living in my home. But utility is like, yeah, I ain't there sometimes. I ain't like it's just like I hate you know what I mean. I turn it off. Y'all might be charging me this that one month. Like I like the exchange of like I like to see the exchange yeah. right then and there. No doubt. It's like I don't know. It, it, it's something that I have been working on, but it, it, I'm so much better at it now. Like I'm so much better, and I see the fruits of that mindset. Like it, it's just, uh-huh. it's gold. It is. It's the best feeling in the world not to worry about money. Because you know, number one, you got, it ain't nothing like not worrying about money because you got two things working in your favor. Number one, you have a healthy money mindset mm-hmm. where you understand giving is receiving, right? 
But then when you know you have a skill set that can always make money, mm-hmm. oh my God. Well, I thought when you said, I thought you must say sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> when you got a sparkling skill set, oh. when you know that what you got to make that last money, you still got and can make it again. Oh yeah. Oh, it's nothing like having earning potential. Jay, everybody don't have earning potential. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember I used to try and teach my ex that, like, if you want to make more money, you have to increase your earning potential, mm-hmm. which means you have to sharpen your skill sets that um, drives a bigger wedge between you and the other person that's trying to do. Like, you have to have a differentiating factor. Mm-hmm. So to know that not only do I have a skill set that can continue to make me money, but I also have... But I've paired that skill set is in alignment with what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. Yeah. Forget about it. I'm a walking ATM. No. <laughs> okay. Let's play one. Gotta go. Never mind. <laughs> I thought we was going to get to the podcast without you saying something obnoxious. But no. that, well, that ain't going to never happen, you nah. silly goose. No. Nah, but listen, listen. Jay enjoyed one gotta go so much last time. <laughs> we about to hit one more round. One more round of one gotta go. So if you guys listened to the last episode, uh, it was our Black History Month episode. And we shared, you know, some black-owned businesses and services that we wanted to promote. And so one of them was a card game called One One Gotta Go. So we're we played around last time. Um, Jay got rid of Tay Tay. She got well, rid- don't remind me of that. She got rid of Fantasia and her One Gotta Go. She also got rid of Spinach. Okay. So you know she ain't who you think she is. Right. Okay? I'm not even who I think I am. I'm like Tay Tay and Spinach, girl. She got rid of Tay Tay and Spinach. Didn't you say this week, Jay? Your guilt been having you listen to Fantasia? All yes. Week? Pope Fantasia. Yeah. Like she don't even know I turned. I betrayed her. Yeah, you canceled Tay Tay, so now you trying to listen to her music. Don't try and make up for it. Don't try and repent. Uh, so let's play another round of one. Gotta go. I guess I'm up on the hot seat. Okay. Okay, let's get it. So the, how this game works, guys, she just names three or four things, and I have to pick which one gotta go. Like if I gotta erase it from existence, I gotta choose. So I'm asking you first, right? Go for it. I'm asking the easy one, I think. Okay. This is about services. Which one would you give up? Massages, your nails being done, or your hair being done? Massages, my nails, or my hair? Uh-huh. Probably my nails. I knew it because you used to do your nails all the time. Yeah. I'm like, this is so easy. She used to yeah. do her nails all the time. That was, that was the easy one. Okay, okay, Super. I got one. All right, this one is a, a fairly easy one because I don't really know. Okay, you know we both like the male physique. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, child. Love a good eye candy. So, when it comes to a muscular man, mm-hmm. which one got to go? Uh-huh. Arms, uh-huh. chest and abs, mm-hmm. legs, mm-hmm. or back? Arms. Arms. Chest and abs. Chest and abs. Legs. Legs. Powerful, strong, muscular legs. Back. Or back. Now you done seen a nice back. I have what seen. What them lats do? I do. Them wings? Yeah. Um, but then you done seen them quads. I'm going to go ahead and say legs. Really? You would take a man with no legs? Wait a minute. Almost... Wait, wait. Have you ever seen? Yeah, they be looking like they want to tip drill all day. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like Kevin Hart said. Look, just walking over looking like you want to tip drill. Uh, <laughs> I hope y'all know what that means. Uh, <laughs> I never thought you would say legs. Because I don't know. Okay, maybe. Okay, because I don't think I mean it. I think, I think, I think I'm going to say, God, that back be so. That back, that back can't oh, go man. nowhere. You chest hug him. 
I say <laughs> it's between back intestine and and uh abs. Abs. So I think I'm gonna go with back. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go back. I'm, that's a solid back. So so arms were never in the running. Oh, sure. I forgot you said arms. <laughs> Cause imagine a nice chisel back, chest and, and abs, and your arms scrawny. <laughs> your leg, like um, sir, sir. I think somebody <laughs> took your arms. I don't know who you picked up. You're not sleep. allowed to wear short sleeves around me. That's how this relationship gonna go. <laughs> yeah, no disrespect. You know you gotta say that after you disrespect somebody. No disrespect. No offense. So back, back gotta go. Back. Yeah. What would you choose? I don't know, Jay. I don't want to play that round. That you didn't. Wow. You didn't make me. You didn't design that for me. Okay, so my question. Because you know my legs ain't going nowhere. I need a man. I need legs in there. You know I'm a leg girl. Mm-hmm. I gotta see them. Yeah, I need legs. Um, but you know I can't do no belly. I know you can't. I can't do a belly. I just can't do a belly. That's just like too obvious all the time. Um. <laughs> You like ain't no hiding that, sir. Ain't no, not not even from me. Like I, I ain't talking about from the public. Like you I gotta know. hide it from me too. You got to be able to suck it in. I can't do it a belly. So I might be with you on the back because arms look so sexy Don't when they? you out. Yeah, wearing the right shirt. Right. You like I ain't, I ain't gonna ask you to pick me up, but you could if you wanted. If to. you wanted to, <laughs> by the look at that bicep and tricep. <laughs> I'm judging by your arm. Right. I mean. And you know that arm includes that shoulder. You know them caps. And it includes them legs. I mean, you know you gotta you know bend down right and pick up things right. You gotta use your legs. Your but quiet. a nice back, the traps. We with gotta the choose. Lats. We gotta choose. I might be with you. I might have to go with back. If you can do the chest, the abs, the arms, and the legs. Yeah. I'll let you slide on the back. On your smooth back. Your, your smooth, non-chiseled back. Yeah. <laughs> you better be lean, though. I don't want no rolls, but I take. Yeah. I definitely take just leanness. Okay. Okay. So, next one. One got to go. All right. Comedy, live events, or podcast? Comedy, live events. That's any form of comedy, whether it's. Online. Oh, online. so not just like live shows, just like listen to Pandora Any comedy. Comedy at all. So Pandora. So like even the comedians that I like on Instagram, I can't. No go comedy. No comedy. Nobody's entertaining you with comedy. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like you premeditated. You knew all the questions I was going right. to ask. Like just slide over to TikTok. No, ma'am. Uh, comedy, live events. Live events. Or, or podcast. podcast. Jay, you know I'm a podcast junkie. I was listening on the podcast on the way here. And when I pulled up, I said, I can't wait to get back in my car and finish this podcast. Understandable. And that's why I chose those. But it ain't no way. Like right now, as we sit here today, I have tickets to two upcoming comedy shows <laughs> this month. This month. Mm-hmm. I know that. I'm going to see the guy I told you about. And we're going to see the King of Comedy. What's his name? I didn't answer my Cedric. No. Not Steve. Okay, it can't be the other guy. So it has to be... D.L. Um, Hughley. <gasps> D.L. Hughley! Got tickets to see D.L. Hughley. And you know he never fails. He's one of those people who never fails. Yes. His, he, he has literally solidified his comedy... I'm so excited. Yeah, like... I'm so excited. Get some tickets and come with when us. When and where? Uh, the Funny Bone. When? It's on the website. I think it's April. Let me look at my calendar. Damn, I'm 
gonna be out of time, but okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's in the beginning. I don't think so, because you're going at the end of April, right? Yes. No, no, you won't be out of town. Oh. Y'all should come with us. Done and done. Yeah, we want to see D.L. Hughley. So, you know comedy. Oh, man. Why don't I'm like, all right, guys, um, <laughs> take care and be with whatever we say. I got to get... <laughs> you know we don't play with our man. Oh, man. No, he not going to be. Yes. I cannot I wait. I love him. He's so talented. Like, he's his delivery, man. Golden. <sighs> Golden. And you know what kind of got me hype is because I was watching my show, Black Love. Have you watched it yet? Yeah. I meant to tell you. Okay, so we'll talk. okay, is it good? It may help some people. Oh, okay. It okay. may help people actually. Um, so guys, I literally hate working out at home. I, I hate it with passion. Mm-hmm. So last COVID, when it hit, last COVID, I'm like, what? <laughs> the, listen, I'm excited about the funny bomb. I'm trying to get this out. Um, <laughs> you know, when the when the pandemic first happened, um, you know, the gym shut down. And then it was cold outside. I couldn't go outside run because I don't mind going to the track or whatever. Track shut down even in... I was like, oh my God. I was like, that can't happen to me again yeah. or whatever. So this time I bought a treadmill. Even though gyms are open, I'm like, when I don't go to the gym, I want to work out at home. But I cannot... Even with the treadmill, I cannot freaking stand it because I didn't realize that at the gym, I'm watching other people watching. I'm watching them and the time goes by. TV's up there. You know what I mean? So between my music, people watching, and the TVs, I'm just getting my run in. But at home, it's like just a wall, right? Mm-hmm. I try to listen to music, but I hate it. Like, I just couldn't get into it. But, hey, love. Hey. <laughs> I was like, let me see. And so now that's what I watch. I watch every, you know, every time I run, I put on Black Love and I'm just watching it. And it's just, it gets me through. I was, ain't that good? Isn't it good? Yes. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. So I don't know. You probably haven't gotten to the season and episode yet with Dio Hughley and his wife. You know, and so mm-hmm. they tell their personal story and stuff. So when he was just in the forefront of my mind, because I had just saw him on Black Love. And so when I was scrolling through upcoming people coming to the Funny Bone, I was like, I saw him and I'm like, oh, I bought tickets immediately. I already no, let me not manifest that, but okay. No, it's not. They, uh, they should have some tickets left. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. You, you guys got to come with us. And um, yeah, we're going to make it a whole a whole date night. Pick somewhere to go to dinner. I can't wait. Yes. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I love DL. That's going to be so much fun. Oh man, you got me hyped. Yes. Oh <laughs> Punch the air. Punch in the air when you're excited is a real thing. I didn't even know that. It is so <laughs> exhilarating. You know what? You know how you and I show our excitement over big things, small things. I didn't. I love that in people. And it's, Did you know it was rare to find? What? Did you know that? Think, of, think about the people you know. We probably can end the client and we can talk about this offline. <laughs> but... It, yeah, it, people don't show their excitement about things. Is that not the cool thing to do? Like, I don't know. Because I share my excitement like, a, I don't know. Because you know what, though? I've never thought about it. Like, I've never looked for it in anybody else. Yeah, either. I guess because I knew a person who minimized everything. Like, you, um, like how was your trip? I mean, it was, I mean, what you want me to say? It was all right. Like, what happened? Like, nothing you, was ever you know, exciting. Uh, or something good happened with it. I mean, look, he got all A's. Like, I know you. And yeah, I mean, he's, you know, what do you think he would get? Like, he studied. Like, get excited, show. Yeah, that is And very... so I, I've learned to, like, not like that. I said, yeah. like, about a million times. But I've learned to not. Can I just get these funny bone tickets? I'm talking crazy. <laughs> Hold on, we gotta finish up this round of one gotta go because I got one that I do oh. want to ask you. Okay, so first of all, the thing I would get rid of is podcasts. 
Um, I'm not getting rid of live shows or comedy. So I'll just be out of here with podcasts. Because well, well, the way I see it is, whoever I'm listening to on the podcast, I'm going to go to their live show. Motivational speaker, whatever. <laughs> you hear me? You hear me? Listen. Okay, Jay, one got to go. Okay, this is all about your peace. Why are you always coming through? We go listen. We gonna end with this one. All about your peace. Mm-hmm. One gotta go. Hot tea. A long time in your car before going into anywhere. Reading, or sitting or walking by the water. First of all, <laughs> oh, you know, I sit in my car. 20 minutes to sometimes an hour or two before I go on place. Like literally it is my meditation station. I, I, it is my transitional period to separate from where I've been to where I'm going. <laughs> this is I, I like time in the car is bay. Oh, I'm definitely not giving a read. I'm Walking by the water because I, you know, reading is one of those things. Like even when I see a good movie, I, I, I wonder, do they have a book for this? So I can use my slow it down, speed it up, and I can go at my pace and imagine what I want. Like, and then it's always better written to me. And then with hot, hot tea. tea. Girl. No, I ain't giving up hot tea for nothing in this world. <laughs> I'm like, what kid you need my firstborn? I'm see, when I when Sydney walked about the water, I start to say just outdoor activities in general. Would that have made it tougher? Girl, you know it would have. Because I, I wouldn't give up any of them. <laughs> like, what's the consequence of not giving up any of them? <laughs> death? I'll take me now. Because <laughs> that is death. <laughs> oh, I love all of them. Too, 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 we got to get this game. I'm going to order it. I'm going to order it. Uh, so we can play for real, play with all our friends and stuff, uh, have game night. But one got to go. That's a real fun game. That's all we got for y'all today. Listen, go out somewhere and be great. Um, challenge an institution or an authority figure who you always thought that their word was law. Um, go out today and drink some water. Prioritize your health. Prioritize your happiness. Prioritize pleasure. Go out today and be better than you were 10 minutes ago. Be better than you were the day before. Show up as the most authentic version of yourself. And until next time, be Be well. well.